WFH with two guys. Now here's Benny and Dennis. Dennis, as we're getting ready to close out that first quarter, can you believe the first quarter is almost done already of this year? I, the year is already flying by, and it's uh, it's crazy. It's just crazy. And think how much it's changed from a year ago where we were at to where we're at now. That's just really the point. In Without a doubt, when I take a look at some of the conversation that I'm having with my fellow business owners, people who are uh, looking for jobs, without a doubt, an important part of what we have to deal with on a daily basis relates to HR. And so today, I think it's really, you know, it, this is a, a great topic that I think a lot of people um, want to always know what's going on. Cindy, thank you for coming on the show today. We appreciate it. Hey, likewise. Thank you. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about, you know, here we are, we're in the first quarter of 2023. Uh, as Dennis said, the market, the world has changed quite a bit. It's not the same thing as it was in 2022 and 2021 for sure. Some things are good. Some things are not so good. But can you tell us what's going on in the world of HR? What's kind of, as we as business owners, what's kind of going on and what are you seeing for us small business owners out there? You know, there are some things that are the same going into 2023 at, that we ended 2022 with. And one of those is the fact that it is so difficult for companies of all sizes, but particularly small to mid-sized businesses to find quality candidates to fill their roles and to hang on, on to those candidates if they do land them and they get them hired. Uh, and I think that's one of the things that we're seeing going into 2023, a lot of business owners think, okay, we're post-pandemic, we are back to work, everybody's back in the audit, in the office, and yeah, many, many, many of the candidates for those positions are looking for either a hybrid or a fully remote position even still. And so hmm. you've got to disconnect between what the company's expectations are and what the employee's expectations are. And that's creating some significant challenges. And Cindy, you know, we hear about all the layoffs from Facebook and um, Amazon. Amazon and all those big ones. Are you seeing that at the small to mid-sized company level? I am not seeing layoffs per se. Uh, actually, those layoffs are in a lot of ways helping small to mid-sized businesses. One, it's uh, creating more of a labor pool for them to pull from. But it's also one of the things that we finished the third and fourth quarter of 2022 with was the fact that small to mid-sized businesses were really struggling to compete wage-wise. Uh, we would see uh, wages increasing 8-10% uh, in some industries and those types of things. And small businesses were really clamoring with, I can't afford 8 or 10% increases. I can't raise my wages and benefits and those types of things, or I'm going to be out of business. Mm -hmm. What do I do? Well, the fact that we are seeing layoffs in some of these large organizations are beginning to slow down that employee-focused labor market. And now it's starting to shift a little more, not completely, but a little more to be an employer-focused labor market where people are now having to compete for jobs again, and that at least is slowing that down a little. Yeah, and I know, I know I talked to some business owners, and they said, you know, as a small business, you don't have to participate in big company layoffs. A lot of that is news for stockbrokers and all that because they've got to make it sound like a lot of times they're jobs that aren't even filled. They just say they're being laid off. I used to work in corporate America, and we'd have all these jobs we were going to hire for 
we were never going to get them. And then they just say that they're laying those people off. Well, they didn't lay anybody off. They just didn't hire anybody. (laughs) No, you're absolutely right. I mean, um, you know, I was in corporate America for 30 years. And when we talk about layoffs, a couple of things that, that we do. One is open positions. We don't fill them, right? Uh, if somebody leaves the organization, we use attrition and we don't fill those. And then uh, we ask for many times for volunteers. You know, do you have somebody who has a second job? Do you have somebody in a rural area who has a farm or something like that? And hey, they would be happy to take a, albeit maybe a temporary layoff, but you strike that win-win uh, where they would like some time off, they can draw unemployment, you can lower your uh, your headcount, and everybody's happy, right? Uh, but yeah, I am not seeing it so much with the small to mid-sized businesses, and that's one of the reasons they're able to compete more, uh, quite frankly, is because some of these large guys are laying off. Yeah. So when we talk about, let's let's talk about that for a second, from the expectations that were created over the pandemic and what we all got used to. Dennis and I have talked many times about, you know, we're called work from home, right? So we're, we, we work from home. And I know a number of people prior to the pandemic, that was something that some people struggled with. Some people really loved. Right. And so now there's these expectations for people who they were all forced to work from home. Now, what are we seeing in terms of the expectations for, fully remote for hybrid type jobs, or now you've got to be in the workplace nine to five employees. Okay with this. Are you seeing that employers prefer not to have they stopped getting those big offices now? What what are we looking at now? You know, um, a lot of that is based on the employer themselves and what their organizational culture is Mm. and what their long-term strategy is. Now, I will tell you, I am seeing a disconnect in the marketplace. Employers, by and large, want their employees back in the office. Mm. Employees, for a lot of them, I would say, you know, two-thirds, want either to work a hybrid schedule, where it's a couple of days in the office and a couple of days at home, or they want to be fully remote. So there is absolutely a disconnect. And one of the key things when you're interviewing is I always recommend people do phone interviews and they do them early in the process because if you've got somebody who is only interested in remote or hybrid work and you've got an expectation that it be in the office, you need to know that early in the interview process so that you're not wasting your time or the candidate's time. Mm, yeah. yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's funny. And I, this is something that I, I'll tell you, we had this conversation just prior to the recording, but I know that a lot of things changed. We just not only talk about work from home, but there are people now who are working more than one job. And I know that that is a very controversial topic on both sides of the fence. What are you seeing now where maybe not just me doing a side hustle, but people are doing, are you seeing this where people are working two full-time jobs at the same time? Oh, absolutely. And it goes beyond that, right? Moonlighting or working multiple jobs is nothing new. People have been doing that since there have been jobs, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But what is different is 
in the past, people would complete a full eight hour day or a 10 hour day or whatever their schedule was. And then they would go to their next job and they would complete if they were part time, obviously, you know, four or six hours. If they were full time, they'd do a full time schedule at their second job as well. And as an employer, we've always had an expectation or most employers did that we don't mind you working a second job. But hey, ours is primary, and if your second job starts interfering with this one, you know, that could result in some type of disciplinary action or even termination, right? Because we want you to focus on our job. Yeah. What I'm seeing post-pandemic, and this is where employers really have to be careful, is we are seeing remote employees who are taking, quote, full-time jobs from three or four employers. Oh my goodness. But they're only working two or three, three or four hours per day for each of those employers. So mm. they're not working much over eight or 10 hours and yet they're drawing a quote full-time salary potentially from all of those employers. So that would and be called, that would, that, would be, that would be called fraud basically. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to look at it. Dennis, Dennis, Cindy, I'll, I'll share this with you. And I, I, I purposely didn't tell you about this, but I do know actually someone who had one of these high tech jobs, worked for Silicon based, Silicon Valley based company and another Silicon based Valley company. He was pulling in over a million dollars a year working two jobs, each paying in excess of a half million dollars. And they were overlapping. Overlapping. Absolutely. He was telling me about instances where he was supposed to be in two Zoom calls at the same time. And I said, this has got to be stressing you out. He said, I'm just trying to you know, handle this. But to your point, I... I have to say, as a business owner, I was pretty outraged. I was, oh my gosh, you know, that's crazy. As a, uh, as someone who looks at people creative, I'm like, hey, you know, that's a creative type of solution. But, you know, I, it didn't seem like to be a very, uh, uh, an up and up. And so for people out there who happen to be listening, listen, part of what would uh, an employer would value, and you tell me this, Cindy, you know, if this makes sense, it's, if you're up front with your employer and you let them know that, hey, I'm, uh, you know, bully, remote, I don't have to commute two hours a, a day anymore. There's opportunity for me in a non-conflicting job that I maybe could do some. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, you, how should we be approached about stuff like that? Because I have had people say, you know, hey, I, I work for more than one company and, you know, I, I only work, I have contract workers working for me. And unlike Dennis, who has full-time employees, but, you know, how do, how should people be thinking about that now? You know, that hasn't changed. Um, I always tell people, honesty is the best policy, right? There is nothing that we can't work through as long as we're being open and transparent with each other. Mm -hmm. What I find sometimes today is employees want the company to be open and transparent with them, but they're not reciprocating. Mm. And so that part of this goes back to that organizational culture that, that we hinted upon or hinted about a few minutes ago, and that is you want more than the hands of people. You want to win their hearts and minds. You want loyalty. And so part of what has always driven loyalty is a company's willingness to work with employees. Uh, When you're asking employees to work 
untold amounts of overtime or to be flexible or to travel or to do all of these kind of things. And you're asking them to upend their lives to be able to meet your expectations. Companies who do it best also when the employee needs that type of flexibility to be reciprocated, they're willing to do that. So it's got to flow both ways. And part of what helps it flow both ways is it is immensely important that organizations explain to their employees, here's what we as the company expect of you. But in turn, here's what you can expect of us. And when they can create a true partnership, you don't see as much fraud or you know, it being so one-sided and those types of things. But quite frankly, right now, I, I don't have statistics to back this up other than, you know, 30 years in HR and working with clients across the country in all different industries. I see more entitlement today than I have ever seen in history. Hmm. You've always had the one or two bad employees who felt like, Hey, if I take paper home or I take pens or I take something, they owe it to me. But that's by and large been the minority in an organization. Today, we are seeing no matter how much you pay an employee, no matter how good your benefits are and things, they still feel this entitlement that, hey, you owe me more. And so that's where you've got to win their minds and their hearts to know that they're being loyal and they're looking out for not only their best interest, but your best interest as well. And, and that's challenging when they're remotely, because if, especially mm -hmm. if you're an older type manager, that's hard. A lot of that was face to face and conversations. Mm -hmm. And in my world, I'm used to conversations over the internet. So this is great, but mm -hmm. there are some people as managers that you're used to being able to sit down with Susie in her office or mm -hmm. go to lunch and all that stuff. That's the part where they begin to lose it. And I think, I think, you know, I'll shift it from the employee, the employee's perspective. I mean, that's some of the onus on the managers. They've, they've got to change some of their styles. They can't be that, you know, if it's eight to five that you're trying to get, that's going to be challenging with a lot of these younger groups coming through because they like to work maybe for three or four hours in the morning then go out for a while and then come back and do some other mm -hmm. stuff in the afternoon. And they may actually give you 10 hours worth of work, but it's scattered over a 20 hour period, not in an eight to five mentality. And I think well, that's exactly right, Dennis. And, um, you know, especially baby boomers. All right. So think about this goes back to generations now uh, and what we're talking about there. But when you think about baby boomers, by and large, baby boomers measured performance based on what I call butts in seats. Right? <laughs> How long did you sit in that seat today? Were you here before I arrived? Are you here after I leave? They really measured a lot of performance based on that. As you mentioned, with the, the younger generations, they may very well give you 10 hours of work, but they do want a lot of flexibility. I need to go pick my kids up at three o'clock. You know, um, I need to get my kids in bed. I'll come back and work at eight o'clock tonight. Um, and so you're 100% correct in that we need to change our thought process of how am I managing or how am I uh, expecting yeah, the measurement. Yeah, the right? measurement. How am I measuring? Thank you. How am I measuring performance? Because 
is it the number is it efficiency is it the number of things i get done is it the number of customer files that i close whatever your measurements are but you need to be very clear with that um, and then you also need to set a baseline expectation because you don't want that expectation to be per individual employee because if it's per individual employee if you've got an employee who is super efficient and they continuously raise the bar, you're going to burn them out because you keep giving them more and more and more. And your average to below average employee, because you don't expect as much from them, you let them get away with a lot. Um, and then, you know, they feel like the more they get away with, the more they can get away with. So you're 100% correct in that we need to change how we measure performance. And I'm assuming that's where, you know, companies, be it small or mid-sized, that's where person like you with the HR experience can come in and give some of that HR by design and help them figure out how to do that. Because a lot of managers, it's that butts and seat mentality. And mm -hmm. it's like, there's some things you can do to help you get through that and find those good employees and that they stay with you. And that can be in, in the office, could be remote, can be that hybrid mix, whatever it is. But both parties have to change is kind of what I'm hearing. Yeah, you're you're 100% right. And uh, to your point, you know, when you're looking at this, we all jumped into the pandemic and, you know, we were making this stuff up as we went along. I mean, we really were because things were changing so fast and so furiously, we didn't have uh, an opportunity to think through it. Now we are three years into this pandemic and there are some legal ramifications. There are some compliance issues and especially small to mid-sized businesses need to understand when you're setting up these policies there was a lot of forgiveness in 2020 and 2021 uh, but those regulators are back and and they are coming after you in terms of how are you paying people how are you paying overtime uh, if you've got employees that are working remotely have they packed up and moved somewhere else and now you're covered by other labor laws that you didn't even know about right so when you set up these policies and procedures you really need to think through those things not just from a legal standpoint right if the only reason you're complying with things is, is for legalities you're doing it wrong you're not going to win the hearts and souls of your employees but we need to look at what is in the best interest of my employees and my company? And I'm finding fewer and fewer companies are actually managing the bottom line anymore. They are making some decisions that are very employee favorable, which I'm not opposed to that. But the expense of that very employee favorable is, can they maintain that decision long term and be consistent? And, you know, the long-term ramifications may be negative to the overall business. And I try to help people understand you cannot be so pro-employee that you hurt the business. You cannot likewise be so pro-business that you hurt the employee because there is a very fine symbiotic balance here that needs to be good for both. And when you can strike that balance, it's like lightning in a bottle. Your mm -hmm. employees love you. You love your employees. Y'all are both fulfilled. You both get what you need. And people don't want to leave that. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's important. Yeah. You know, Cindy, I think you make a really good point. And that's something I'd, I'd like to make sure I, I really highlight for the listeners. 
It's not about you winning. I don't care if you are the employer and if you're listening to this or if you're an employee and you're listening to this, it's not about you winning. This is a partnership. And I know that a lot of employees feel that that my employers take advantage of me and all this stuff. And then likewise, employers can feel that, hey, you guys are trying to get away with stuff and you want me to pay for things that you don't want me to do. This is a balance, right? And so mm-hmm. if we if we can kind of approach it like that, I think that that goes a long way because I hear too many, I've been on both sides of the fence, right? I've been an employee and I've been an employer before. And I, I think that there's, there's some place in the middle and that's where we have to be mm-hmm. thinking favorably. You know, one thing that you did, and I do also want to underscore this, that you kind of touched on a little bit, but I was reading a, a story about an employee who had to move during the pandemic, didn't tell the employer that he was doing this. And when it, they moved from some place in the Midwest to, I think it was, it might've been California and please don't, mm-hmm. I, if you guys listen to this and you know this story, you know, let me know, but they were not, they were certain taxes or certain fees that they had to pay that they hadn't. I mean, this was, it was an egregious amount. It was a, it was not a small amount that they had to somehow come up with. And this was a small company mm-hmm. that suddenly it was like them getting this promotion and raise because they had to pay all these fees you're putting yourselves in a bad position. If you don't let them know that you've moved, you're just trying to get away with something. And likewise, you're as employers, you need to, you need to let your employees know you have to tell me so that I don't get caught up in something that's going to put us in a ringer. This is going to just, you know, be a very bad situation for us. No, you're absolutely right. And listen, it goes back to that partnership, right? we want to work with and we want to be flexible with our employees but we also communication is vitally important and i find communication is not something that is a strength whether you're a small or mid-sized business or you are a behemoth we're all bad at communication but you know to have open honest conversations with your employees to to hear their feedback and what they would like and then to help them understand the ramifications to the business and try to strike a balance. I think those are healthy conversations that need to be had. Mm-hmm. You know, most employees are not out to hurt their employer. And likewise, most employers are not out to take advantage of their employees. But what I find so often is it's a miscommunication or a misalignment of perceptions that create the most disengagement. And Cindy, you and I have worked on employee surveys. And I think that's one way to kind of gather that mm-hmm. information without, because you hit on the head, a lot of managers are not good communicators across the desk with their employee. They don't listen well. Sometimes the employee feels like they can't be open and honest with their manager. But I know when, I, when you and I worked on those surveys, it's amazing what pops out and you can begin to see the trends and things that are kind of the hot buttons that you as the manager may not even realize is the hot button that's causing some heartburn with some of the employees. Absolutely. And on the flip side of that, Dennis, is sometimes you have one or two, three or four employees who are really loud and boisterous in their complaints or concerns. And what I see very often is leaders trying to be um, responsive to that, they will take a knee-jerk approach and have a knee-jerk reaction and change something because four or five people are complaining. And after they change it, now you've got 85 people who are complaining. 
So, you know, it's really important to have that open dialogue and really understand what's driving some of these comments and some of these concerns. And you're right, uh, engagement surveys are a great way to do that. This is a topic I think that we could just go on for hours. I know that Dennis and I, we, we, we have these conversations and I know there's more to it than this, but with the way things have evolved and changed today, we've got a whole new set of guidelines that we have to work with. Cindy. Can you tell us a little bit about that and really what employers should be thinking about going forward? Well, absolutely. And I think I, I touched on it a little bit. Is this idea of people having knee-jerk reactions. Mm-hmm. In 2022, I saw a lot of people have knee-jerk reactions to rising salaries. And so everybody was, you know, all of a sudden without really any data or without a longer-term strategic plan and these kind of things, they were just changing people's pay and benefits and policies and these kind of things. So, you know, going back to the blocking and tackling of good business, right? Let, let's have goals and objectives. Let's understand what our business plan is. Let's understand what our strategy is and, and make some very methodical decisions. And in that, you know, you have to think about if I'm going to have hybrid or remote work, what do those policies look like? So, for example, one simple thing that I require of people is if you're on a Zoom call or something, you got to have your camera on. And the reason for that is, is because when somebody doesn't have their camera on, they're doing five other things on that Zoom call. They are not paying attention. But if they have that camera on and you can see each other, you feel more like you are in the office, you are in the room together, and now you can interact. And that is one of the things over the last three years that businesses as well as employees have lost, and that is that connection. And as humans, we need connection. And I would say, you know, as the people on the other end watching Zoom calls and stuff, when they when they turn their camera off, it's like, okay, what are they doing? Your mind starts running. You're suspicious. Exactly. It's like, Mm -hmm. so be fair, be open and honest. And Mm -hmm. you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then, you know, some other things that that we have seen through this pandemic is yes, people are working from home, but you can really set yourself apart if you're looking for that you know, differentiating factor, customer service through the pandemic has almost died. Mm-hmm. So if you can really have your customer service team listen to your customers, hear what they're saying, not only the words, but listen to their tone of voice, listen to their frustrations, let them vent. And then you can rise to meet those uh, expectations of your customers or those needs of your customers that's almost dead. Nobody's doing that. And that is a really simple, low hanging fruit way of setting your company apart from others. You know, thinking about um, how you are going to address uh, remote work and how you're going to flex to with your employees and write policies. So one of the things that I I coach my uh, clients with, especially with hybrid types of environments, is the fact that you might actually pay your remote employees less than you pay the people who come in and you may need both. And the first reaction to that is, Oh my goodness, why would I do that? Well, your remote workers are not having to drive to work. They're not having the wear and tear on their cars. They're not in traffic. Your people that are coming in, they're making those sacrifices and there needs to be some reward and recognition for that. So again, 
Part of the reason why we're HR Solutions by design is because every organization is different. What works for one organization absolutely will not work for another. So to just pick and play and try to put a, a policy or a guideline or a program in place is not usually the best strategy because it, it doesn't work that way. So, you know, understand what you're trying to do, understand who you and your leadership team are, understand who your employees are, and then start developing these things in a way that does create that balance we talked about earlier. Cindy, I, I know that we could go on for a while and um, I, I know that I'd, I'd probably have another list of questions that I could ask you, but unfortunately we can't uh, take a, too much time here, your day and everyone else's, I'm sure. But if people want to get in touch with you and they want to talk to you a little bit, what's the best way they can get a hold of you? Sure. So I would encourage, you know, pick up the phone, give me a call. I, I know that is passe, right? Uh, but my, my <laughs> cell not- number... My cell number is 931-698-9958. They can also reach me via email at cindy at hrsolutionsbydesign.com. They also can text me. You know, I know a lot of people, and and I have to admit, even I respond more timely to a text than I do just about anything. Uh, But text and email are great ways. But so much of these complex issues have subtleties that we really need to talk about. So that's part of the reason why we, we are looking for people to come back in the office so that we can really engage with one another and have a dialogue. And so, you know, I'm happy to, to connect in any way, but I think there are some things that we absolutely need to have a dialogue with. Cindy, thank you so much. This was great. We appreciate the time, Cindy. Thanks. And, uh, I feel a little bit smarter today. Thanks so much. Thank y'all both. Talk to you soon. All right. Thanks for joining us today on Work From Home with Two Guys. Listen, if you want to get in touch with me, the best way to do it is get in touch by sending me an email, benny at velocitytechnology.group. That's B-E-N-N-Y at velocitytechnology.group. Dennis, if some people think that they need to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to reach you? Yeah, there's two ways. One is the email, Dennis J, so it's D-E-N-N-I-S-J, at worksolution.com. So it's W-O-R-X and then solution, no S at the end, dot com. Or I'm on LinkedIn a lot under Dennis Jackson, and you can search for works or W or also the work from home with two guys. We're there as well. So would love to hear from you guys and help out any way we can. Thanks for joining us today, and we'll see you at the next episode. You've been listening to WFH with two guys. We'll see you next time.